on a positive note, they're getting them where they need to get them. But I still see a major flaw with this Pitt basketball team. And a good morning to you all. A good afternoon, good evening, whatever time of day you are listening. This is the H2P podcast here on DK Pittsburgh Sports. My name is Corey Prisson. Gary Morgan is out this week. I'm recording at about 9.30 Eastern, shortly after Pitt defeats Notre Dame by a final score of 70-60 to at the Peterson Event Center, a game that I attended, a game that I observed, a game that I took notes from, and I don't want to take away too much from the win because the way that Pitt was able to kind of catch fire, they were able to overcome a slow start, you got to think positive things about wins. You have to think positive things about beating an ACC team. However, and I'm going to take some time in this first segment. We're going two segments today, shorter podcast. Um, Just want to wrap up the win and really look forward to what Pitt has going forward. A glaring weakness stuck out to me, and I fear, and I think that's the right word to put with this, it's fear. I fear that this is going to be the thing that leads to some kind of downslide. And I'm not going to sit here and say that Pitt's just going to collapse by any means because they're, they're currently tied for ninth in the ACC. This isn't a team that had high expectations to go win and had high expectations to just be the best team in the ACC. That's not where this program was at the beginning of the season and considering how they lost so many different pieces. But there's a major flaw with this team, and that is its inside presence. That is its ability to get and create and score inside of the paint. Now, Pitt does not have Jorge Diaz-Graham as of this moment and perhaps for the rest of the season. He's out indefinitely, as described by the program, with a foot injury, and they haven't had him for the last week now. They declared that uh, shortly before the Miami game last week. And now they don't have Michael Hewitt, who, end of bench player, more of a practice squad, if you want to put it in that terms, kind of guy. Um, transferred in from UNC Greensboro, didn't really play much. But nonetheless, he still was a body. And I think those are two important bodies that Pitt is now missing from this recipe that Jeff Cable is trying to put together with nine games left now in the regular season. Pitt dressed 10 scholarship players, 10, against Notre Dame. On Saturday. And if you're in this conference trying to vie for the NCAA tournament or the NIT, you got to have numbers and you have to have strength within those numbers. And my concern with this team now, because Jeff Capel has to go 10 deep, essentially, against Notre Dame, he went eight deep with Ish Leggett playing 32 minutes off the bench. Will Jeffress play in 12? Guillermo Diaz-Graham play in 14? Like, you have to have numbers this late in the season. You have to have healthy bodies this late in the season. And when you have Federico playing 
19 minutes and you have Ish playing 32 and you have really your two centers being Guillermo and Federico playing about a combined 32 minutes. That's tough to overcome. This team's not built to play in the front court. This team's not built to play inside. But the thing that made Pitt's team last year in that run to the NCAA tournament so special was the ability to create those opportunities inside. And a lot of that, I think we're learning, was Jamarius Burton, if we didn't learn that already. Probably silence my alerts there. Was Jamarius Burton. And now, Pitt doesn't really have that figure to go inside and penetrate and create. Federico, in this game against Notre Dame, took one field goal. Guillermo took seven, and three of them were threes. So between the two centers, the starter and the reserve, just five field goals were attempted inside. Pitt attempted 49 field goals throughout the game. Half of them were threes, 25 of them. In fact, technically more than half. But the point is, is Pitt is slowly becoming 2-3 and D for me. Now, that's how they got to the NCAA tournament last year. That's how they got to the prestige they were at last year, was being a very 3 and D team. And especially if you remember, Federico got hurt in the ACC tournament. So they had to kind of pivot and become a team that did a lot of 3 and D. But it's another thing when, number one, Jorge wasn't playing substantial minutes. He was getting, I think it was like nine a game, something in that ballpark, and Hewitt was a non-factor. So it's not like they're missing a starter or they're missing a key top seven rotation piece when it comes to Jorge or Hewitt, but those are still bodies that you have to plan with. And even without them, again, Federico and... Guillermo attempt just five shots combined against Notre Dame inside in this game. You have to have a totality. You have to have different ways of hurting opponents when you get into late February and early March. And my fear right now with this Pitt team, as they try to recover from a slow start and they try to come back from, you know, a few really damning losses and then, whoa, they beat Duke. This is the thing I fear they crumble underneath. Because right now, Henson playing 38 minutes. Jalen Lowe playing 37. Bob Carrington fouled out. He played 20. Zach Austin playing 28. That's great to give those starters a lot of minutes. But you got to have the pieces ready this late in the season. And what's going to happen later in the year? Now, they play NC State coming up Wednesday. And that's a tough matchup. A top, I believe, five in his team in the ACC. They still have to face Virginia. They still have to face Clemson. They got NC State again. They got Wake Forest again. There's nine games left in total in this season. And I just want to know how much gas this team has. Because they came out slow against Notre Dame. Notre Dame had, I believe it was a 19-18 to lead. It was a one-point lead. And then Pitt, which started off 0-9 for from three, and this is going to lead me into the, the second and final segment here on this show. They start off 0 for 9 from 3, but then once the 3 start falling, it's like they can't be stopped. So that's another piece of evidence to that. And I just have a bad feeling that this is going to be the thing 
that leads to somewhat of an outfall. Let's take our first break here on the H2P podcast. Let's dive more into this win over Notre Dame. And let's talk more about that three and D concept, because I do truly find that pretty fascinating. Second and final segment here on a shortened version this week of the H2P podcast on DK Pittsburgh Sports. My name is Corey Crisson. No Gary Morgan this week. I'm just not going to bother him after 9.30 on a Saturday. That's rude. That's not what I'm about. I want Gary to enjoy his Saturday evening. And especially after a 70-60 Pitt basketball win over Notre Dame on this Saturday, February 3rd, 2024. Pit a 70-60 win over Notre Dame at the Peterson Event Center, the 300th win. How about that? For Pitt in the history of that building. How cool is that? Really cool achievement from Jeff Capel and the Panthers. And, of course, it's been more than just Jeff Capel. Pitt's 14 and 8. They're 5 and 6 within the ACC with nine games to play at NC State Wednesday, 7 o'clock. And this is a team, as I mentioned in the first segment, that almost feels incomplete. And I say that with the thought in mind that they lost Dior Johnson in the summer, late in the summer, might I add. Now Jorge Diaz-Graham is hurt, and Michael Hewitt's not here. Now, it's not that Hewitt was a major contributor, but it's still a scholarship body, a scholarship player that can factor into the rotation at some point. And right now, when you look at Pitt from a field standpoint, with nine games left, with the ACC tournament creeping up in about, what, four and a half weeks here? You start to assess and stack pit up with the rest of the league. You start to assess and stack pit up with teams that are comparable when you look at Ken Palm and the net rankings. And last I checked, Pitt was somewhere in the 60s when it came to the net, which, okay, you want to get in the field of 68, good spot to be. That's a bubble. That is conversation type stuff. I still don't think Pitt is an NCAA tournament team. I know they have the win over Duke in Cameron, Blake Hinson on the scores table, all that. I get it. But I don't think the overall body of work is something that the selection committee is going to find attractive. And then when you dive deeper into what Pitt is, I don't see this roster being something that the committee looks at and says, okay, that team can go upset Carolina. That team can go upset Purdue. That team can go upset Kansas. That team can go upset Duke, etc. I I know they beat Duke again, but you get my point. I don't see it here. I don't see a complete tournament vibe team. 
We saw it last year because of the emergence of Federico and the Twins, and particularly Guillermo Diaz-Graham, that meshed really well with Jamarius Burton and Nike Sabandi and Greg Elliott, Nelly Cummings, and those four seniors that were really just strongholds of this team. And for me, another underrated component of this is a somewhat stunted growth of Blake Hinson. Yeah, he had 17 against Notre Dame, but he turned the ball over four times, did not record assists, four, just four rebounds. He took seven shots, but six of them were threes. I thought going into this season, we were going to see a more developed, more well-rounded Blake Henson. And I just haven't seen that out of him. I still see 3 and D. And to me, that's what the identity of this team is. This team, to me, is streaky. This team, to me, is hot or cold. It's not a team that you can trust them to win games they're supposed to win at this stage. But I don't think you can trust this pit team to go into a tournament setting and pull off an upset over a Carolina or a Duke on neutral floor in the ACC tournament. I just don't see a team that can do that right now unless they get hot. Unless they get hot. And after the game tonight, I asked Jeff Capel, like, you're down Jorge, you're down Hewitt. How does that affect things? And he said it really doesn't. And I get what he's saying because Hewitt wasn't really a factor in game and Jorge really didn't play too much. And it's not like this time of year they're practicing hard anyway. And he made a good point that I, that I agree with. If this was earlier in the season, they'd be more worried about it. Not that they have a reason to quote-unquote worry about it because they're going to adjust. They're going to roll out the guys they have. They're going to make it work. But at some point, I just have a bad feeling that it's going to catch up to them. Last year, by this time, Pitt was stacking wins. They were building momentum. They were contending in the top, what, five spots in the conference. And of course, last year, it came down to the final day as to what seed Pitt was going to get, and it could have been the one seed. It's not going to come down to that this year. And I wonder out loud, when you look at the prospects of Pitt in the NCAA tournament, remember, they were a first four team as a five seed in the ACC tournament. Where would Pitt have to slot in the ACC tournament, and what would they have to do in that ACC tournament to earn a spot in the NCAA tournament? This is what I'm getting at here. This is what the committee is going to look at. This is what those who are setting the field of 68 are going to look at. And I just fear, like I said in the first segment, they're going to look at this body of work, they're going to look at this roster and not find it as tournament-worthy, so to speak. Now, that doesn't mean Pitt's not going to get into maybe an NIT or a CBI or some kind of postseason tournament, because they always could. But right now... Even with wins over Notre Dame and Georgia Tech and beating Duke and beating Wake Forest in recent memory, I just don't see body of work stuff. They played a weak non-conference and got steamrolled by Florida. Not confident in it, at least right now. Remember, you can listen to the H2P podcast where all podcasts are found. 
Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. Uh, when Gary Morgan and I get together, we do go live on the Pit, uh, DK Pittsburgh Sports on Pit YouTube page, so make sure you subscribe to that for the live shows, the live streams, and, of course, football and basketball content. Check out the feed on DKPittsburghSports.com as well. Uh, we have content in there, obviously, from this game and you know just from other pit happenings in recent memory. Um, we're going to be rolling into perhaps some spring football here pretty soon. So getting geared up and excited for that. Of course, NFL draft content coming up. I was just at the Senior Bowl in Mobile, Alabama over the past week, and I will be going to the NFL Combine. So we're looking forward to all of that from a pit perspective and a Steelers perspective. And you're going to want to keep it locked right here to DK Pittsburgh Sports. We've got plenty coming your way. So, my name is Corey Christen. This has been the H2P Podcast. We'll talk to you next time. Cheers, everybody. Have a good one. Hey.